So last week on episode four, I introduced Pillar Talk, some monthly BIM and Bigger for your inner visionary, where I break down the calm pillars and incorporate a little research to back up my pillarology. I was super excited to talk about restorative practices and the power of check-in circles, but I also mentioned that becoming restorative begins with ourselves, checking in with ourselves. So what happened? Well, of course, an incident happened this past week that reminded me of the importance of checking in with myself and locating my nearest exits. And this is what episode five is all about how checking in with ourselves and knowing our nearest exits can be the ultimate in self-care and can improve our relationships with others. Because it's hard out here in these visionary streets and we gotta take care of ourselves. Something that I've learned the hard way and I'll be sharing about over the next month. And by the way, if you're just tuning in for the first time, you're probably wondering what the heck all this pillar talk is about. If this is the case, it would be a good idea to check out the bonus episode. It would be an even better idea to begin with the trailer and listen to all the episodes. Yeah, like there are 50 of them. Anyway, if you think you'd like to hang around for more calm conversations about learning, please follow slash subscribe and rate and review the podcast because, hey, I'm a baby podcaster. So kind and constructive feedback helps me to help us all. But if you're all cozy and leaned in, let's get this visionary party started. Hello, 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 visionaries. Welcome to episode five of Calm Conversations About Learning, where we lean in to re-envision education with and for the folks who matter most, parents, teachers, and of course, our young folks. I'm your host, Zanani, educator, parent, restorative practices trainer, BB, and believer in our babies, big and small. And I just want to thank you for bringing your ear right here because I do recognize that podcasting is a privilege and that your ear, well, it could be somewhere else right now. So we know what it looks like to check in with the youngsters, restorative circle style, but what does it mean to check in with oneself? Performing a self check-in is much less formal and takes no time to arrange because there's just a circle of one, but it is intentional and it does take a few minutes. So I'm a meditator, which means I've been taught to use breath sequences to check in. And I do when I can remember in the moment. But being a word nerd, my self-check-in turned out to be a sequence of questions. I like to refer to the informal check-in and the self-check-in as taking that emotional temperature. And I started tinkering with the idea of checking in with myself without calling it that, about nine years ago. I had decided to drive from California to Georgia to visit my uncle and aunt after receiving yet another pink slip from the school district. It was my first solo road trip, so I was keeping a travel log and all my badassery excitement. Something that I immediately noticed, though, was the ebb and flow of my driver experience, like when I was most energetic or when I needed a lighter meal or snack. 
So I came up with my own rules for the road. And the biggest rule was to locate my nearest exits in case I needed to rest or relieve myself. I have to say, it was really, really, really cool to just like meet my own needs so regularly, so systematically. I mean, maybe you can imagine having this internal conversation with yourself on the regular, but I had never, not really, not on purpose. And I certainly never checked in with myself and then actually followed through consistently to meet my needs. So these road trip check-in questions just sort of popped up. Like, how are you feeling? I'm feeling drowsy and bored after these last three hours of driving. What do you need right now? I need to stretch my body and take a nap. What can you do to meet these needs? I can locate the nearest rest stop and take a short walk, then take a nap in my car. How do you anticipate feeling after you've met your needs? I anticipate feeling alert and relaxed. Yeah, I tend to talk to myself to process my ideas. So asking myself these questions became a cool little activity that reassured me and calmed me when I felt impatient with the many miles that were before me or when I found myself on edge while driving through one of those brief but intense southern rain showers. Using these questions to check in and locate my nearest exits would become a life rule, but I wouldn't treat it with any consistency until a couple of years ago. But after that road trip, as I found myself increasingly stressed out and disconnected in my personal relationships over the years, this rule for the road, it just kept coming up like a little itch that needed scratching. So there are folks who like to quote, I believe it was Maya Angelou, this one where she says, when you know better, you do better. Now, while this is true, sometimes it happens to be in the remembering to do what you know. Let me tell you what I mean. I live in an apartment on the third floor and my five-year-old grandson and favorite human being, Joshua, visits me on Tuesdays and one weekend a month. If you know anything about four and five-year-olds, they tend to run more than they walk and jumping off of anything is an adventure. Now, although I make sure that Joshua and I get plenty of outdoor time whenever he visits, he tends to run more than he walks and he enjoys jumping off his BB sofa and ottoman, an adventure that I allow because in part, we've been sequestered this past year. But also, I enjoy his enjoyment, and it's not like he's doing these things constantly. Since he's five, he likes to get a healthy dose of tablet time like a lot of little folks. So last Friday night, around nine, Joshua had been running from the dining table where he was eating the experimental pizza we'd made, to sitting in his favorite living room chair and playing Minecraft, to jumping on the sofa to hug me or throw pillows at my head. In other words, we were minding our own Black business when all of a sudden we heard this boom, boom, boom pounding from below and on my living room floor, causing Joshua to startle and ask, what's that sound, BB? Oh, It's the people who live below, I told him as I picked up my fireplace poker and boom, boom, boomed right back through my living room floor. Yep, you don't have to say it. I was engaging in a pounding war right in front of my grandbaby who asked, it's your neighbor? Fire poker midair for another set of boom, boom, booms just for effect. I looked into those little eyes and shame face said, yeah, it's my neighbor. 
I didn't want to use this particular N-word to describe this person who had disrupted my good time with their fury and frustration. And clearly, I was not being neighborly. I put the fireplace poker back and immediately it was like the check-in questions thumped me on my head. How are you feeling? Pissed off, defensive, and shame for disturbing the people who live below. What do you need right now? I need to take a breath and return to my body and to my delightful grandchild. What can you do to meet these needs? I can do three cleansing, five, three, seven breaths, apologize to Joshua, watch an episode of Blackish, which always makes Joshua and me crack up laughing as we argue about who's the best, Jack or Junior. And how do you anticipate feeling once these needs are met? I anticipate feeling relaxed and refocused on who and what is important. Answering these questions rapid fire style in my head helped me to access one final exit. Guess what? I could apologize to my neighbor the next day. Because part of being restorative is to seek to resolve conflict, to repair harm. And here's the thing. No matter how others react, I am responsible for my actions and for my happiness. So moving forward, I would become more mindful about Joshua's running and jumping. Now, this doesn't mean that I'll make him sit down and shut up. We would just have more conversations about how my neighbors might be experiencing the noise we make. When I apologized to my Joshua Washua for banging on the floor with the fireplace poker and not being a good neighbor, he just looked at me and said, oh, can I have some mango? My apology to the neighbor received no response, but there have been no current boom, boom, booms either. I don't know what made my neighbor bang on their ceiling and on my floor. I don't know their capacity when it comes to handling conflict. I am only in charge of my own capacities. After my fireplace poker tantrum, it occurred to me how easily and even readily we humans can become, in the words of Aretha, a chain of fools. But if I am to believe that conflicts are best resolved by the folks directly involved in them, as it states in the Restorative Practices Handbook, then it makes sense for me to seek to repair my part of the boom, boom, boom battle. My ownership in repairing any harm that I've done begins with checking in with myself and locating my nearest exits. And in this case, my nearest exits were to breathe, apologize, get levity, and be more mindful moving forward. My greatest character aspiration is to become unflappable. I love that word. It means to not respond to crazy with crazy. Clearly, I'm not there yet, but having this internal system keeps me hopeful. Checking in usually takes less than a minute, and when I remember to do it, the questions never fail to become the answer. It's just the remembering part. But hey, my turnaround time is improving. Now, as effective as checking in and locating your nearest exit can be for managing your sanity and relationships with others, you know that I got to come with a caveat. Locating your nearest exit is not to be confused with finding your happy place. Locating your nearest exit isn't meant to take you to some lovely faraway place in your mind. It's meant to meet your emotional needs, not escape them. Now, I enjoy a good Netflix binge as much as anybody else, and heaven knows that it has served 
as my happy place on many a lonely pandemic night. But this, this ain't that. Finding that nearest exit helps me to address and honor my feelings, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Then respond to thoughts, people, and situations more restoratively and less reactively. This is why it's a practice, because it doesn't always happen. And it certainly doesn't always happen initially. But somehow, the practice is always on time. As long as we are practicing, we don't have to be these perfect people, who, by the way, will never, ever be. And isn't that a relief? Well, visionaries, there you have it. Not a lot of easy answers, but that's why we're here, to do this humaning thing together. Part of re-envisioning our children's education means re-envisioning ourselves because in the words of my grandma, you can't get blood from a turnip, which translates here as you can't get an educated society from a sick village. I'll be honest, this episode was an uncomfortable one, as the neighbor incident was not one of my finest moments, especially considering that most educational podcasts present as mature and evolved, as in the host or guest struggles, makes some good moves, and then voila, problem solved. No voilas here. Don't get me wrong. Problems are meant to be solved, and good strategies can get it done. But we humans... Well, we humans are the world's wild cards. We're unpredictable. One minute, we're all chill and zen, and the next minute, we're calling trigger. Last week, I asked you to journal about where you're always trying to get it right and where you're managing to make space for your own growth and grace. This week, I want you to take out your diary and make a list of your nearest exits. What do you do to get clear so that you respond instead of react. And if you are in chronic reactor mode, that's cool too. Jot down a few nearest exits that you would like to access when you see trouble coming. So next Wednesday from 11 a.m. to noon Pacific Standard Time, I am going to pop on the Instagram live and I would love, love, love it if you could stop by at Zanani116 and join me for a quick and calm check-in. Nothing too deep or too lengthy, just a few visionaries connecting for a minute. I hope you'll stop by. I also hope that if you're feeling this podcast, you'll do that one podcast listener thing, you know, follow slash subscribe, rate and review. But in the meantime, and until next time, please, please, please stay well, Stay wonderful, and unlike your humble host, stay calm.